back, everybody. It's another episode of Touch by Horse. I'm your co-host, Chris Angel, here with your host today, Joni Mankus. Hi, Joni. Hi. How are Great. you? Thanks for having me. So good. Great to have you. Good to see you. Um, I'm excited to talk to you today because I know that you do some important work in the world, and we're going to uncover that in just a minute. But kind of get me started with how you found the EGC method. Like, how did you find Melissa, and what, what is that? It doesn't have to be how you found it, but like, what has that work been for you? How has yeah. it impacted you? Um, gosh, that's such a great question. I, I have three daughters, and as they have progressed through high school and two are in college now, for me, I've, I've always had a passion for horses. I was a licensed LCSW for a long time and um, moved out of that for a while and found Melissa, and she has brought all my all my passions together in one, horses, helping people, and, and spirituality, because I really feel like I'm, I'm a seeker in, in that way. Mm. So learning, going to her program and, and graduating from her program has given me the ability to do everything that I love and get paid for it. <laughs> I know. Uh, which, nice. is, which is a byproduct of, of feeling the way I do about it. Which So I'm thrilled, and it has impacted me a tremendous amount, because as my kids get older, I have something to do and I still feel like I can give back and it's, mm. it's so fulfilling to me. So what were the initials you used? It was LC LCSW, a licensed clinical social worker. Oh, got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Got it. So, okay. I see. And then you took a break from that and then somehow you found, um, touched by a horse. I did. I was actually involved, um, with Columbine. I was a first responder in Columbine. Oh, wow. Uh, and then after that I took a break. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, and so we actually moved out of the country for five years. And um, when I came back, I really didn't think I'd ever go back into therapy. Um, uh -huh. But after finding the uh, program with bringing horses in it, and I have horses and loved horses all my life, I know that how powerful they are. So it yeah. perfectly fit into my What life. made it, um, I don't know if this is the word you'd use, but what made it safe for you to step back into that kind of work? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know what makes it safe is because the horses take so much mm. of the energy mm. um, of it. I can walk away from a session feeling so, so empowered and so light and happy and fulfilled and not drained. Because the horses actually take on some of that stress or they, they release it right away. But um, for me, it was like I had a, I had a, I have a co-therapist. I have a partner who can help me after it or we help each other or whatever. But um, that made it safe. Wow. I never have to do it alone. And um, I, yeah, I guess I learned a tremendous amount from back then too. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I think there's a ton of, um, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges in social work is burnout and yeah. um, what you carry home with you and how just the heaviness of that. And mm -hmm. um, I, I love that you're bringing light to this where, you know, there is um, the co-activeness of working with a partner in a horse who can leave you happy after afterwards instead of uh, taxed right. afterwards. Because they blow my mind all the time. Yeah. Even as many sessions I've done, they still show up in such a unique way for every individual. And it's so beautiful. Side note, um, just out of curiosity, do you feel like uh, 
let's say I was a social worker listening to this, but I, I don't have a horse or maybe I haven't had experience with horse. Can I still learn this or can I still benefit from and partnering with horses or? Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I learned more. Um, and it could be that I'm my age, but I learned more in Melissa's program because we experienced it going through it. We had to do our oh. own stuff. So we learned it on two levels and we were forced to, uh, or I say, but, um, we were made to coach right there and there and we had real time feedback. And so we also, so we got in touch with our own resistance to, to doing what we do and where we struggled or our own ego, as I say. Um, so we had chances to work through that as we went through the program. So I felt so much more equipped and um, ready to, to be a therapist or a psychotherapist, uh, coming out of her program than I ever did coming out of graduate school. That's amazing. So I don't, yeah. I think that's such, I just bring it up because I think it's so important that um, I've said many times, I think the world is ready to heal. I think um, maybe more than the past, I've just, there's a rising of consciousness and um, people are dealing with heavy stuff where in the past, maybe they just bottled it. And I think having, um, not first responders in the sense of like Columbine, but first responders who are equipped to help people through right. the stuff that's getting um, brought up. Yeah. Um, I do think people are more uh, willing to talk about it more. So mental health is, is, a, is, is acceptable much more now today than it was back then perhaps. Right. Um, so yeah. and energy, the whole field of energy work wasn't right. very, popular back then and now it's so much more popular Mm -hmm. so and the horses bring so much of that to the plate that it's it's just more accepted I guess yeah well tell me I want to hear about sort of your I don't know you call it specialty but tell me about your work and who you work with and and all that now that you're back mostly with adults and teenagers um, but adults of dysfunctional families so people come to me I like to say that they have their resume set the resume says, well, I should be happy, but I'm not. Mm. And I don't know why, or mm. I don't know why I keep getting into the, these bad relationships, or I'm not really sure mm. why I'm so stuck. Uh, or a lot of times they also have trauma that they've, they've been through and they're trying to figure out how to get past that. So that's basically my clientele. I work with men, um, some, not a lot, but mostly women and, and some teens. Yeah. Do you, how do you find them? Are they, are you, um, at trade shows or like, are they getting referred to you through state agencies? Like how does, how do they find you? That, uh, right now it's pretty much word of mouth. I do partner with, um, a couple other organizations that we refer back and forth to each other. So there are some, there's a lot of referrals uh, that way. So I haven't, I, I haven't been at, done a trade show yet, which I... <laughs> now that you need to, I just was trying to come up with something on the fly of how people right. would, find, uh, would find you. Yeah. Tell me how, um, when, they, when people come to see you, like where are they, to, so you say they get stuck, but what's causing the stuckness, do you think? Um, I think mostly there is a incongruence between their heart and their head uh, or a... Um, distraction where they can't focus on how to get to happiness. So sometimes they don't even really know what that is. So there's either um, 
a feeling that they continually have and they can't understand why, or there's an action that they know they need to do is they're not able to do it and they don't really know why. So it's really allowing them, they come with a, with a, um, a disconnection between their heart and their head, I think. Yeah. That's super common. <clears throat> do the, I, I've had that for, I mean, I think I've gotten better, but there was definitely um, over the course of time where m- many people have given me feedback of like, do your two in your head. You're just two in your head. Right. You're always trying to figure out the answer and you, you stop trusting yourself. You've stopped mm-hmm. listening for your pr- the promptings or your intuition. Right. And as kids, when we, ha- when we grow up in families that aren't super healthy, we learn not to trust our intuition. Because we're told over and over that it's not right, or you're wrong, or you're not doing this right, or you shouldn't feel that way. So we learn as a coping mechanism to not trust our intuition. Mm. So that's where the um, that's where the division is between our heart and our head. Our heart saying one thing, and our head saying no, that didn't work, or that's not right. Interesting. Right. Right. Got it. So then we, I I can see this in my own, if I bring my life forward in this, right? Where like, as a kid, then I'm, I start going to my logical brain of like, what's expected of me? What, like, what is culturally appropriate? What am I supposed to say? And Mm -hmm. then that kind of becomes the way I measure my behavior Mm -hmm. as I get older. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and what served us back then doesn't necessarily serve us as adults or Totally. Yeah. Okay. So let's say that, how do people, it sounds like part of the solution is getting back in alignment, like aligning head and heart. How do people then get back to alignment? Well, that's um, interesting. It's really unique to each person, I think, but, but in general, it's really understanding where your truth is and what your limiting self beliefs are. So if you could, and your beliefs are, we get beliefs from thoughts over time. So our beliefs are nothing more than thoughts we've had over and over and over. Right. So that could be that we are not smart enough or um, not good enough. And usually it does boil down to self-worth that they're not good enough. So it's helping them go back and, and understand where those messages came from mm-hmm. and realizing or asking the right questions so that people will, that clients will then, allow themselves to have the voice that they never had or mm. to say, Oh, wait a minute. That person doesn't necessarily didn't really hold the truth. He was just an opinion actually. Mm. And I don't have to hold that opinion as truth. So we do that in, in almost recreating the scene if, and then allowing the scene to, to fold out in a different manner. Right. So the end game, the, the result is different than it was back then or what have you. Part of it sounds like awareness. Like if once I'm aware that, uh, for example, what my dad said wasn't true, it's just what my dad said. Right. Whereas in the past, I always held it as that was true. Correct. That awareness allows me to separate myself from the story of it or. Exactly. Yeah. And with that awareness, and the most beautiful thing about awareness is the horses bring that truth they really validate that truth in your awareness. And once you start on that path, it's almost like a, a snowball rolling down a hill. It just gains momentum and you mm. really can become aware of all the other places yeah. that you've held, uh, maybe not been aware of, of what's been told yeah. to you or your beliefs and how it hasn't served you. And we all have that inner truth that is nothing but 
love and light. So right. that's what I really help people to get back in contact with. You, you, what's coming up for me as we're ha having this conversation is um, one, how fast this works. Like um, mm -hmm. once you see one, once you have awareness of one thing, like you said, the snowball, you start to go like, oh my gosh, I can see where else I do this in my life. Which is so much fun, which is why it's so yeah. much I guess yeah, it is fun. It's fulfilling. Yeah. And it's because for me, I love so much watching people bloom into their their authentic their authentic selves or their right. truth, however you want to call that. Yeah. But it, it's super exciting and people yeah. leave and they feel lighter and like, wow, I'm I'm gonna do this. And it is, it's right. It's special. Which I think the second thought that came up for me on that was um just how uh how much in talk therapy um, there's a place for talk therapy and how much though, if how I'm showing up to talk therapy is in my head and not my heart, mm -hmm. which I think sometimes where that can live because how I keep engaging the therapy is intellectual mm -hmm. and not, because it doesn't feel safe to go down there. Right. Because that's risky. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are, I don't know, you tell me, but you're the expert, but a lot of people are doing talk therapy from their head and not their heart. Correct. Is that and fair? I, I think that's fair to say for sure. Um, I think talk therapy can be effective. I'm not ditching that at all. I did it for many years, but I do see growth and healing in a fraction amount of time in this type of work. Um, right. So when you do, you when you're in talk therapy, you tend to protect yourself in a way um, a lot more than you would if you were in a gestalt environment with the horses because the horses know and I know when you're not in your heart. So when we, we know that, then we gently try to bring you down there. And then once people start to feel uncomfortable there, then that's that place for growth. Yeah, I love that because that's where you actually get to look face-to-face -face in the shadow with the thing you've been afraid to look at. Right. And it's not so scary after you actually get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's where the real transformation lives. Like, right. I think, mm -hmm. I can't think of anybody who's stuck that doesn't want to be unstuck. Right. Exactly. But the unsticking happens in the shadows and looking at the thing. Yes? Or? Yeah, it does. That's such a beautiful way to say it. Yeah, it does. The unsticking happens in those yeah. shadows and in those moments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Tell me about, um, I mean, there's, so let's, I'm just chronologically going, okay, I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm out of alignment with my head and my heart. And then I come back and have this moment where I have courage and I look in the shadow at the thing that I have been afraid to look at. And then I get to the other side, like what is life like on the other side of this unsticking? Um, well, a lot of times it's scary because they, if they've never been over there, that's a scary place to be. It's, it's the unknown. And even though I might say the unknown is beautiful, peaceful and lovely, it's unknown. So that's oh. scary. So we do it in little pieces and we all, when we, remove something from ourselves it, during the sessions with myself and the horses, they, we fill it with something positive. We fill it with a new validation, a new set of I am's, a new set of, of different things that they can fill the void with. So it doesn't feel so scary. Yeah. And I only ask people to release and leave in the sand as much as that's available to them at that time. So, it doesn't have to all happen at once. It really is dependent on each individual. Is it ever, um, 
I mean, I, I would imagine this is common, but maybe it's not where somebody comes out and uh, of a session or they come out of working with you and it, then it feels like, like, does it feel real or does it feel true? Like I yeah. just said these, I have some new I am's, but is that real or is it going to stick or? Well, with that, a lot of times they can feel it to be a little more real than before. Hmm. But as we know, beliefs are just thoughts over time. So yes, it does take practice. We do have to say, yes, I am worthy. I am enough. I am smart. Whatever those new validations are, it does take time. But with each session or each day that we, we continue to say those new I am's to ourselves, they become a, a more beaten path in our neural pathways. Yep. So as, so it doesn't happen. The new belief isn't yeah. ingrained right away, but at least the old blocks to it are gone. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. And what I get out of that too is just that um, it's actually, I think that's actually probably good. Like people have the experience of being empowered mm -hmm. To it's not this isn't a magic bullet and it's not something that Joni waves over you and then Correct. you have it or you don't like Correct. you you get to be in charge of creating the neural pathways ongoing yes. like from here absolutely. forward absolutely they're co they are creators of their life and that's what I that's what we love teaching you is right. you are in charge you are in charge and the other cool thing Chris that I can't not mention is there's research out there that now talks about how when you are next to a horse. Um, there's, it's a called heart rate variability. So when your heart is in more heart rate coherence with, with itself, meaning that the waves are kind of more coherent in your heart, you drop in more of a theta or alpha state in your brain. And when that happens, you are more open to learning and aware and gaining awareness in yourself. Mm -hmm. So when people feel like they're next to horses and they just like, I don't know, I just feel good when I'm around horses it's because they, the horses, their energy affects our heart energy mm. and it makes us feel in a little bit more or a lot more into a theta alpha state, which is one of relaxed and awareness and learning. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. <clears throat> I love that. I would think for a lot of people who have felt stuck in life, control is the last thing they feel. I'm stuck and I can't affect change. I can't change how it is. I'm just, am stuck. So to come out the other side and to feel like I have a say. Right. Mm -hmm. And it would be very empowering. Yes. It's like you, you actually can, you're going to be able to wake up each day and choose how you think, how you feel, what you believe. And, right. and that's going to, that's going to yeah. affect your, your reality. Totally. And because it's not um, intellectual, it's not a con intellectual conversation. It's an experiential thing. Yes. It's, I would think it's easier to believe that like, okay, yeah, I get how this isn't just me trying to convince myself, but I can actually feel the difference. Right. And I rarely, it's good. I don't like to ask people to do anything that I haven't done myself. Right. So I feel like because of life circumstances and I don't know anyone who's come up in, in a completely healthy and non-traumatic life, but so I've been through some of those as well. So I can help them and say, I know where you've been and I'm on the other side. Right. Yeah. And it's fantastic. Yeah. That's so good. It's just such important work. Well, if you had to give advice for people out there who feel stuck right now, what would you say? I would say you are in complete control. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like the thoughts that you're thinking, 
allow someone to help you change them because yeah. thoughts affect things. We know that scientifically and it's, it doesn't have to be that way. Mm, that's it's, so good. And this is exactly the kind of work you do. If people want to reach out to you and learn more about the work that you do, Joni, how do people find you, connect with you? Uh, my uh, website is AuthenticStrides.com. So they can pop on there and contact me from, from the website. So good. AuthenticStrides.com. Perfect. Joni, I love this conversation. Thank you for all that you are doing in the world. And thanks for sharing a little bit of that here with thank us today. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.